0: And welcome to the Little Miss Sunshine podcast where we discuss everything MS. Join me as I chat to other people living with the condition and see how we overcome challenges while still trying to smile. Just a disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. All the medicine and treatments we discuss are taken in conjunction with advice from our medical teams. Please seek advice from them before deciding on any course of treatment. Welcome to the second episode of the Little Miss Sunshine Podcast. Hello, Anthony again.
1: Good afternoon. Just, is it afternoon? It is afternoon. Good afternoon. How are we?
0: I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, we had to check what time of day it was.
1: You no, know, i can still even. Oh, past 12 already. Fantastic. So,
0: ah, exactly. What have you been up to this last couple of weeks?
1: Wow, well, I've been very lucky. And I feel very blessed. That I've had my second vaccine.
0: Ooh, uh, get you!
1: I had, I had the Pfizer second vaccine on Monday. How did you feel? Uh, fine, absolutely fine. I mean, from the first one, I had a doll ache in my left arm. Uh, this time, absolutely nothing. It's as if I'm not even. To be honest, I'm not even sure they gave it me. I mean, it's, I've had no side effects whatsoever, but. Yeah, no, been fun, absolutely fine, and uh, very grateful and happy. But it's you hopefully see lots at the end of the tunnel soon. So,
0: do you feel so, that yeah. it's giving you that hope?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a beautiful day out there today, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to be able to get out there soon and uh, enjoy it.
0: Fab, anything else?
1: <sighs> Just work. I'm now a mental health chief first aider for company I work for Boston Limited, they told me that today, they said, oh, Anthony's agreed to do it, even though I hadn't, uh, but I'm fine, it's fine with me, so yeah, it's just work really, and uh,
0: that's very good, fine. that's something to celebrate,
1: yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah, I just said, I was thinking, when am I going to fit that in, because I'm struggling with work anyway, but I'll find a way, I'll find a way, I'm quite sure, so what have you been end. up to, Ed, anything? Oh
0: well you asked that question. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I had an interview for a volunteering role it's not a paid role I, as you know I, I'm medically retired Um, working for a company a charity called Bookmark and they match um, volunteers with children in school so it's online um reading so it's kind of what I've been doing with my um, friend's children during lockdown but um it's an official kind of job, I suppose.
1: That's a match made in heaven, really, isn't it? I mean, it's what you've been doing anyway. And is it like when I was at school, we used to have someone who came in and used to sit with him and had to read. Is it like that, but just like a virtual thing?
0: Yeah, it kind of is, but I know that they do it. They did do it face to face before lockdown, the pandemic. Um, But obviously it's kind of gone online and, Um, yeah so there's a whole bank of resources that you can use and they match you up you can listen to children more locally if you want to or extend it nationally you can choose how many sessions you want to do but you agree to do a six-week course to start off with and you do two half hour sessions a week um you can extend that if you feel that you've got more time to but it's just it's given me another thing to occupy my occupy my mind and, um, yeah, keep me involved with my grey matter
1: going. Absolutely brilliant. Do they tell you what books they're reading before you go into it?
0: Yeah, so they kind of, the teacher will kind of assess the child and put them at a kind of book band level. They'd kind of give them a level that they started at. And then it's your judgment as to whether you think that's suitable for them or it's too easy too hard um, there's a whole bank of resources and then so you get the resource, you get to see it and the child gets to see it and there's a, you can draw on things you can circle things, there's icebreaker games, there's a whole bank of resources that What I've got kind to of age explore. group is
1: this? What kind well, of sorry? age group? What kind of age group is it?
0: So it'll be primary children it's normally kind of infant age so you're looking at six seven year olds that's the age they kind of target because that's that's the age you're starting to learn to read and um you want to kind of interpret interpret that and kind of go with that you know at that age
1: and that's the age we're teaching uh prior to your medical retirement that's kind of the age group
0: yeah so i was teaching from ages five to eleven so it's it's perfect
1: Good, see, so uh, your, your days at home will be even more enlightened than, than they are at the moment. I think it's fab, I think it's great, I think it's, it's a positive step, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, like, you, you got to keep the grey mind, grey matter occupied, and uh, yeah, I think it's fab. That's great news, Anne. That's great and news. also,
0: we had um, a joint phone call with other people um, earlier in the week, didn't we?
1: Yes, we did. Yes, our, our, our buddy compatriots, I guess you would call them.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if we, if I just, just explain, um, we are both what they call buddies. There is a buddy system within shift.ms where people who are more advanced, who've had MS for longer, um, generally take on, um, take on, that's probably the wrong word, um, you're matched with, a buddy who potentially is pretty newly diagnosed and you are their support and you can choose in which way you want to communicate with them whether it's email or zoom or when we're allowed face to face but what um the lady who's in charge of the buddies at shift ms was doing on um during the week on her call was giving us support as buddies wasn't she
1: she was and you know it's 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 great to uh, have a chat with everyone and, and see the people who are uh, doing this as well. I think it's key because you, you don't want to feel like you're doing it on your own and I think with without these meetings I think you would get a certain element of that so I thought, I thought it was great and I, I, I'm hoping they are regular meetings. I think they are so yeah it's fun. It was really really good. Really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah it was good to check in. It was just other buddies like ourselves just checking that we're doing the right kind of thing and have our newly diagnosed person got in, have, have they got in touch with us um were they finding the support uh, did you get an email um this week checking that you're yes. getting on okay I with your buddy ask
1: you that one yes yeah because I got one and my match got one and he emailed me saying, just say nice things my match did. Which I was going to anyway, but yeah, no, I, I got that email. And that's, again, just shifting us, making sure that everything is fine. You are yeah. a good match and you are communicating. So no, I, think, I, I think the whole programme is really, really good.
0: It's, I, think, I think it's a brilliant, um, brilliant programme. And which leads me on to um, our guest today that we're going to be talking to later is um, one of those buddies. Welcome to the podcast to our guest, Phil. Um, Phil has been diagnosed recently with MS and um, we just wanted to have a little chat with him as obviously we are we're a bit further down the path than he is so we just wanted to chat to someone who is um, newly diagnosed so hi Phil good evening
2: hello Emma
1: hello Anthony hello mate I'm right. also diagnosed in the pandemic as well so
0: I know I know I'm gonna I was gonna get to that you just beat me to it
1: Sorry. yeah
0: totally no it's fine so he was diagnosed in was it August last year
2: yeah, all this, yeah,
0: yeah. So right in the middle of a global pandemic, um, as if it's tough enough being diagnosed with MS, but being diagnosed, I'm sure, as you're going to tell us, in the middle of a pandemic was a bit strange. So just take it back. Um, let's go back to what. What do they think was wrong? What were the symptoms you were experiencing, and what did they think was wrong, possibly?
2: Okay, so it all first started off when um, I'd just done the London Marathon. I ran the marathon and about three weeks, maybe a month or so after that, my left side kept going a bit wobbly and a bit weak. It didn't feel right. So one morning I was driving into work and it literally I couldn't move none of my left side at all. Um, I got onto the emergency services because I was stuck in my car and um, basically they told me to get to the hospital as quick as I could. They <laughs> didn't even come and get me. I had to get there myself. But, yeah, they said, are you able to drive? And I said, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so I just – because <laughs> it, it settled down after about 20 minutes, so it felt it would be okay to drive again. So they said, just drive to the hospital, and they were treating me as a suspected um, – it's a half-stroke or semi-stroke or something like that. I can't remember okay. the actual term – so I had loads of ECGs and cardiograms and CTs, MRIs, all sorts of things over the period from 2018 April up till August when they finally diagnosed me. Um, took about a year and a half to diagnose me. Um, yeah, as I say, they kept just thinking it was a, a, something to do with my heart. I had so many different chest straps and echocardiograms bubble grams all sorts of stuff there is was convinced it was hard no one mentioned ms at all not one person <laughs>
0: i'm going to stop i'm going to stop you there because you've kind of answered a few of my questions in terms of the kind of testing that you had because anthony and i spoke on the last podcast about the tests that we had and obviously mine was 15 years ago and i only really remember an MRI I was offered a lumbar puncture now um Anthony it was similar wasn't it
1: yeah I I had the lumbar puncture yeah
0: so um the testing so it sounds like obviously they were kind of looking for something slightly different in you but they did so many tests
2: yeah they was literally covering me from all bases so I had the lumbar puncture as well um I literally had so many I, It was like a lucky dip when the post came through because I didn't know what test I was going to get that week. I literally didn't know. I was sorry, boss. I'm off this day because I've got to have this one. I don't know which, what this test is, but I've got to go and have this one done. So. so you
0: didn't know. You didn't know what the tests were. You just no, got no. told to go and have them, and you yeah. just turned up and didn't know.
2: Yeah, I was part of the cardiology team. Then I got a letter to say that um, I was getting transferred to the neurology team, and that was it. And then, sort of, then I um, spoke to the registrar, and that was it.
0: See, that's <laughs> so how list-
2: before your diagnosis. Uh, did you have your lumbar puncture? Was it a lot before? Um, it weren't that. Weren't that long before, actually. I'd say about t- probably two months beforehand, I think. Isn't so,
0: that? The, isn't that the kind of? Test that's pretty conclusive, so maybe they were kind of leaving that one,
2: yeah, but just didn't feel the need to tell me, (laughs)
0: yeah. Then that's another thing I want to get on to is um, obviously, with MS, we we kind of know that it's very it does seem to be quite tricky to diagnose, and they do seem to um, it does seem to be a loads of loads of tests over a number of years before you can get a conclusive diagnosis, but um what happened to you so when they discovered that you um had MS what how were you told what happened?
2: So um I I literally just I remember I was I was booked for an appointment a phone call consultation and that was all I was told wasn't told what it's for nothing like that just I've got a consultant appointment with the registrar and um and then uh, the phone went and she said uh who you with and I said on my own she went just to let you know you've got MS um, what? and she said that that was it and she said if you want me just to give you a couple of seconds just to take that in for a moment then the next sentence was um oh it's quite a big one isn't it <laughs> and then it was it was very flippant the whole conversation to be I honest just
1: a pure matter of fact the way they've gone around that is I'm sorry it's terrible it's 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 awful. I think, personally, they should have made sure you were with someone because they knew what they were ringing you with. They should have made sure that essential that you are with someone were to have that telephone conference. I think it's terrible.
2: I mean, she didn't... The phone call was about 10 minutes after that. She did carry on talking. But, you know, when you get told information like that, you just... uh, I mean, I switch off at the best of times, to be honest. So to try and remember what she said, when my wife asked me what she said, I said, I don't know, to be honest, because I heard the first words, and I was thinking, all right, what's this then? All right. And I I had no idea it was going to be that, no idea at all. So... You were straight onto Google, weren't you, mate? I was, and she said, um, the MS nurses, and I was thinking, wow, you mean MS nurses, is that is it this serious? Do you know? I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't realize just how serious it was, if that makes sense. It was just, yeah. I don't know, because I felt generally quite fine, apart and then had some other issues, but apart from it, it, just didn't seem real. It really didn't seem the way it all went. That whole half a morning was just literally a blur of <laughs> that phone yeah. call being googling the life.
0: <laughs> and I bet um you didn't know what MS was
2: no um so then um after I had the phone call um I had no idea and my mum's like every mum they know everything so I, I called I called my mum and uh, she was like oh oh and she, she was even taken back about it taken like she was a bit shocked by it and uh, your well, your um, my aunt's sister's got that. And within about half an hour, she had called me. <laughs> so even though she was far down the line and she was saying, you'll need to do this and need to do that. And this is how I cope with it and stuff like that. And it's just basic stuff like um, drinking more fluid, getting loads of rest and stuff like that. And she said, uh, what... Who have you spoke to? And I said, no one, <laughs> literally no one, um, professionally-wise, about it. And they, they know nothing. And I think I got a phone call about a week later from my team, um, the MS team. Um, and that was it. And I had to go in to fill out some forms um, and then to sort out the um, – that was it. No, sorry. They sent me a booklet of to take – and they circled a load oh. of – I, guess the, it gets worse. MTS, like, I said they literally circled a load of DMTs and said um you've got to decide which one you want to take <gasps> and That was, it. yeah and I was looking for it and it was um one said you had the hair loss I literally I was like I don't I mean I don't know I, I went there and she was like, they was like which one have you decided I said Well, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, can't you decide? You're the professional. I don't know which one. They both sound crap. So, which one do you think? To be honest,
0: don't get me wrong. I understand that we are in a global pandemic, and like appointments have been rescheduled or cancelled or made to telephone appointments. I get that, but to ensure that you had someone with you, possibly a video call. And there's no way you should be allowed to decide your own treatment when you you're currently you're feeling quite well. Yeah. I I, I mean I'm I'm sure Anthony's just sitting there the same as me thinking.
1: Just wow. Just the fact that you've got a, a book and they circled DMT yep. Charlie I think is absolutely disgusting. It's. it's it's hard. and I know, like you say, yeah, we're in a pandemic, but there's better ways to do it
2: than that. Really. Oh,
0: yeah, totally. I
2: mean, I'm not, um, they keep saying me because my family get quite annoyed about all the lack of contact and stuff. Every appointment I get have gets cancelled or rescheduled. I think after my initial phone call, I didn't see anyone for about three months, I think it was, like um, any of my team or anything like that. Well, I say team, I don't really have contact with them, but the team that's supposed to be there. Yeah. But yeah. So it's just um, it just felt like it was, you've got this, see you later, and then left to get on with it, to be honest. That's what and it felt like. I think that
1: initial contact, it's absolutely key more than anything, because you have that feeling of uncertainty. <laughs> Uh, at least you know i'm six years down the road m's 15 at least we we can kind of gauge our ms but it's a whole new world to you um so i'm just say i've right, got ms between three months it's uh, yeah it's just not right it's just not right
2: i remember the biggest deal i had is when they the um gave me we decided on the um drug detected era and um it was she was very much concerned about gastro side effects and wanted to and I really suffer a lot anyway and it really did stress me out and they keep saying to you whatever you do just try and stay calm don't get stressed because it can trigger other effects because I have that trigeminal neuralgia which inflames more when I get stressed it was like You're telling me all this new stuff. I've got all this new stuff to take and try and deal with a new life. And you're telling me not to get stressed. Are you? you, Yeah. Sorry,
0: you mentioned try try neuralgia, I can't even say that. Yeah. (laughs) Just explain what that how that affects affects you.
2: So basically, after um, it was very after a month after my phone call with the registrar. I started getting a severe swirling noise inside of my head and it would, would not stop for a long time. Um, wait, it literally so much so that it waked me up two o'clock in the morning and, I, and I, we couldn't stop it. It literally would wait. It, would go, it could either go on 15 minutes or go on for an hour, but then I didn't know when it'd start up again. So we got on to my GPs and explained what was going on they said it was just MS related. And then they said they prescribed me zombie drugs, as I call them, um, codeine and other stuff. And I just didn't like it. I just felt like I was a zombie the kids were just like talking to me and I wasn't even with it, but then it seemed to settle down. So I don't take any of that no more and I'm on some other drugs, carbamazepine which has helped i i mean i don't have i haven't had that symptom for a long time because i'm taking that medication now which is good because it was horrendous i mean that was nothing That, was not, again, I never had like that.
0: <laughs> again isn't that isn't that quite scary that a month after your first phone call you were experiencing this and then they're just like gps oh yeah that's probably an ms symptom you don't know if it is you know
2: works, um with the tablet, so uh, my MS team knew pretty much ex- straight away what it was um, before they diagnosed me with the trigeminal neuralgia. They knew it was that, but my GP wasn't happy for it to be analysed as that. And he wanted me to have more tests and wanted me to stay on the proxy and codeine for a lot longer. And it was a, a big, I mean, I had this, it was so, so long, I can't remember how it was. It was horrendous. And it's all because of a battle between, battle of, of who was in charge between the consultant and the GP, basically. Um, the consultant just wanted me to get onto the carbamyzepine, but my GP wasn't having none of it. Um, and it was just a battle. Then it was um, when they vi- finally gave in the GPs, it was a battle just to get the drugs. I literally, you put in repeat. Prescriptions, um, and I'd give them like the weeks' notice, and I was waiting two weeks, and without the tablets, the pain I could feel it, and I could get more anxious, more stressed about it, and it was an ongoing battle. In the end, we had to get my mum went down there and spoke to the um, GP practice because I was getting nowhere. I literally was going, the secretaries wouldn't let me go past anyone, and it was saying, "You, you're in the queue. You'll, you'll speak to someone," but they wouldn't come in through. They just it was just a battle to get any of the medication but which heightened it all because it's a stress related condition so yeah. it was horrendous that period it was yeah it wasn't a good period at all during the whole process <laughs> yeah Thank that's a, it's just awful have you
1: started tech no phil yeah. you have absolutely no
2: been... problems at all yeah um so how long have i been on it now oh well, i don't know I can't remember, where are we, March? So i say about four months, I think, four or five okay. months. OK, because if you need... I used to be on tech for uh, I went
1: off it about three years ago. But if you have any questions about that, let me know. If you're, you know, a bit uncertain on what to do and what have you, give me a shout,
2: mate. It was, um, when they first gave me the, the the half dosage, and then it went up doubled, and it's, my, my always my I don't know, I can't even say it properly, is what happens next? Is that you just take that for the rest of my life or or that's what I don't get. I don't I know they said if your symptoms change, but no they just give me the tablets and said, see you later, take these and I don't know. I just don't know. Well
0: that's do you know what that's interesting. Now you I have been on um three slash four kind of disease modifying treatments during my time. Now, one of them I took um, when my child was born and I went rapidly downhill on it. And so they put me on something else. Um, I was then on that for 10 years. I then had to change because um, my blood tests were showing that I could be susceptible to this fatal brain infection. Didn't really want that. And so I've had to move now and I'm on Aqualizumab. I've been on that the last couple of years. But so that's why I have changed is because of the change in my symptoms. But for you, you won't know what a change in your symptoms are or looks like. It's kind of, you just kind of learn, I suppose, on the job, don't you, Anthony? That's my experience.
1: I mean, I still to this day cannot tell you what a relapse is. A relapse is. I go with, and I've always been told this by my nurse. uh, continuous symptoms the same continuous symptoms for three days if it any more than three days contact her and they'll send me for MRI scan or CAT scan regardless so it's not guaranteed to be a relapse but it's uh they take concern and will book me in but yeah I mean yeah I get symptoms and I just back them off thinking oh, I just have a bad day that's all it is and uh, yeah yeah, because I, I think the key is that not everything is MS-related. And I think your your GP's saying, just going, oh, it's probably MS-related. I mean, I, I'm amazed at that. Because my GP and my nurse drill into me, not everything is MS, OK? And I think that's just awful. I
2: remember um, I was ringing up, so I do a lot of running still, and I'm quite do a lot of exercise, should I say, and um, I've been having this one strange symptom that's been going on every time I can run. So when I can run, if I was to look to my left to make sure a car's not going, then look to my right quickly, I sort of lose the vision temporarily, it's sort of like it's not there, it just it don't seem right. It's there, I can see stuff but it's blurry and it don't, feels like I'm, when I turn left, if I then turn right, it's still left if that makes sense it's still yeah, it's like it's delayed a yeah. yeah and so I called the MS nurse and I said look this is what's happening she said where are you now and I said well I'm just I'm outside my house and she went I think you should go to A&E it's probably a stroke <laughs> I went I, I said to her I said um I don't know if you know but i don't think it's possible for someone to be alive with 50 strokes because every time i get a cough sneeze or anything you say i've got <laughs> a, a stroke and i said I've, I've had this for a little while now and i just it was something i thought i'd bring up and ask you it's not it doesn't affect me that much but it's something that was happening and i thought i would check with you when while you're on the phone and she yeah she really freaked out and said if you go to a&e and get all this test done and have another mri I said oh, no to that going for another set of the stroke rounds. I didn't need to do that again. But I was happy to go and have an MRI. She said it could be um, another lesion appearing on the spinal cord, which is where most of my lesions are apparently. Um, but that was it. And it, was, it stopped. But I had that for about three weeks. It was just a random thing. And they think that could have been a relapse during that three-week period. But i don't know isn't it
0: alarming now just this is just three of us in you know there's like 130,000 in the uk with ms um this this is just three of us how different our experiences are of ms teams ms nurses gps what now what anthony says about um his um, ms nurse says longer than three days my ms nurse would probably laugh me out of the hospital saying no, go away in three days, that's nothing, that's just a flare-up, that's just, don't worry about that, come back when it's been, say, a month. I know it's got It's got to be quite a long time for him to take it seriously as a possible relapse.
1: Yeah, I think relapses, you have to cast them early so you can get the relevant treatment, you can get the steroids, which obviously reduces the effect of your relapse. If you're waiting a month for it, it's 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 pointless because chances are your relapse is over at that point, and that you can't offer any help. So
0: and the damage is done.
2: Yeah. But what what stresses me the most out about with MS is the fact that they say to you, um, especially with the RRMS that I've got, they said the chance of it going on to progressive is quite minute. Then I say to myself, well, I'm only. I'm out of 140,000 that have got MS. So I already feel my chances and odds are crap anyway. So I always think, you keep saying to me that the chances are quite small, but the chance of getting MS is quite small. And yet here I am. (laughs) So it's just, yeah, I don't know what. I keep thinking I'm going to wake up one morning needing a wheelchair or, you know what I mean? And we. Watch West Wing too much, and then I. I... <laughs> well,
0: do you know what I? I'm, I always remember the consultant telling me that because I was 24 when I was diagnosed, I remember him vividly saying, "You will never end up in a wheelchair, or you're you're very unlikely to." Now, I'm not a full-time wheelchair user, but I use a walking frame all the time, and when I'm out and about, I have to use a wheelchair or a scooter, and I'm not 40 yet. So, I mean. Admittedly, I think mine was kind of um, brought on a bit more, um, brought on a bit more by having my daughter, but I still can't get over that him saying that to me, but then now it's actually yeah. become reality. I oh,
2: know, that's that. what's scary, isn't it? Just oh, so it un- is. So, so, unpredict- un- so
0: unpredictable. so <laughs> unpredictable.
1: Like on a on a plus side, Phil, my my uh my auntie's had MS for just over 40 years now, and I think it was two years ago she went on a walking exhibition in Laos, you know. So she is she gets pins and needles sometimes in her foot, That's it. Oh,
2: She's yeah. not had
1: any DMTs because they weren't available uh, at the time she was diagnosed. She takes one tablet a day for which is called antriptyline. I don't know if you're aware of that yet. That's all she does. She lives up in the Lake District. She goes walking. It's yeah.
2: So, so it's so it's so variable. Yeah. Yeah, it's good that some there oh, are some good stories because
0: you keep saying
1: everyone is the same, it's very individual, Phil, and uh, they should have told oh, me straight away. They really should.
0: That's totally right. Right. Can I just come back to um just to ask phil very quickly do you know where you can get support i mean we haven't really touched on the buddy system now um we know that you are a buddy you've been paired up with anthony to ask advice or for him to kind of guide you and give you help do you know where else to go to for support and Um, help
2: so the first thing i did once um i got to do this diagnosis and stuff i looked on the ms society um looked it up and stuff so i joined them and got all that and that's how i think the buddy system came about online. sort of came there's i had a lot of links and used an app called emilin and stuff like that and um that was how all came from the ms society to be honest i think that's been they've been more helpful than my ms team and all that kind of stuff because I can actually call them and they, they will tell me if, if I need anything. They will actually help me and give me advice on stuff. Whereas I, I can call my MS team and they won't answer the phone. i get a call about a week later. What did you need? Kind of thing. So they've been better for me. And I get a lot, you know, like the fact sheets and stuff from the MS Society. So yeah, I, I think definitely. they're the best, to be honest with, honest with you.
0: Yeah. So the, the, the MS Society are fantastic. The fact sheets are brilliant. There's the MS Trust as well. It's another kind of branch yep. of an MS charity. And obviously the buddy system is with shift.ms, which Anthony yep. and I have had a lot to do with. And it seems to be that that seems to be the charity chosen for younger people. I'm saying younger in inverted commas, because we're not that young, but we still are. But that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's kind of my experience, my take on it, really. what Do you, you agree, Anthony?
1: You froze a little bit there. Am.
0: Oh, am I back?
1: Yeah, you're back now. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah oh,
0: I'm yeah. back. That's that's the joys of Zoom. <laughs> I just said, Would you agree with that, Anthony? The MS Society, MS Trust, shift.ms.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this the shift MS, the body system, I think is absolutely brilliant. The MS Society are very good, they do lots of fundraising and stuff like that. Okay, the MS Society was, uh, yeah, it's excellent. I mean, just, I'll branch very quickly on MS Society just to show you that life doesn't end with MS. End of May, I'm doing a skydive uh, for the MS Society. You can still do stuff. And I think it's it's key that people, certainly newly diagnosed, know this. Well, and I, I don't think you've been given that advice as, as much as I think you should have, Phil. I really don't. It's life doesn't end. My MS nurse always said to me, again, life doesn't end with MS. It's just a new chapter. And that's all it is. And and, and you will adapt to it. And, you know, yes, you probably will have problems. I, we can't say you won't. But you will adapt to them and you will live your life around those uh, problems. It's. I always go with there's always someone worse in the world than me. And, you know... Okay. It's not life. It's life changing. It's not life ending, mate. Okay, and that's. I think that's key to anyone who's newly diagnosed. With it. they just don't think. I mean, you you must have many worries, you know, about work or can I still work or anything like that. It's you can. You don't get me wrong. I think you're very lucky. I think you have like an office space uh, job anyway. So you know, if you were like a builder or something, yes, I'd be a little bit more worried, but yeah. You offer space, you, you'll be absolutely fine, promise. I mean,
2: you've told your employer, I believe, haven't you? Yeah, I told him. Yeah, they sort of didn't get it at all and don't really understand it. And I still don't think they get it at all.
1: They yeah.
2: just tell this guy sleep earlier. But <laughs> when I get out, have a bad head, or I just don't get it at all, really, to be honest. But
1: you're perfectly in your right to get occupational help. Uh,
2: involved to uh,
1: and your company should do that to be honest to look at your workstation where you work make sure it's suitable for for someone with MS Uh, I've had that done several times in in my office when when I go into the office and yeah they make sure that whatever I need or tell them I need yeah they do it
0: I do I I think that's a really important thing to say Anthony is that although we're talking about all this newly diagnosed, this scary world that Phil is now going into, there is always hope. There is, you know, I taught for many years. um, I'm still volunteering. I'm still doing lots of things. Life still goes on. We just have, as you said, we just have to alter the pathway we might have taken before. Um, Just a final note from you, Phil. Is there any... Advice that you could offer anyone, say someone who was newly diagnosed say, a month ago, is there any advice that you could offer
2: anyone? For me, it's just um don't get overtaken by it. As Anthony said, you, it's, I mean, it's just a new way of doing your life, and hopefully, your, your symptoms are not severe, and you'll be able to just you'd be surprised what you can actually do without not knowing it and just don't panic that's the worst thing just don't freak out about it and find out what's got what you've got and try and deal with your day-to-day the best you can deal with your day-to-day that's all you can do and hopefully your your treatments and stuff will fall into place but just live day by day and see how it goes that's all i would suggest perfect that's
0: brilliant thank you concerns about anything we've discussed on the pod today, or you're newly diagnosed and just looking for support, then we suggest you head to shift.ms, the MS Society or the MS Trust. You can find all of them on the website. Or if you've got any questions for us, um, our email is littlemssunshinepodcast at mail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.